You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you're a 415-er, 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415, hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Two times a week here in the offseason, as always, that's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. Mark, my man, how are you? I'm doing well, Evan. We just got uh, done watching the uh, NCAA Men's Championship game. UConn, the Huskies, come out on top. I know that was a, a tough one for you. You were riding with the underdog, the Aztecs of San Diego State. So my condolences to you. Uh, but I, I'm doing all right, all things considered, on this uh, Monday evening as we recorded, Evan. Yeah, no, I'm pretty used to eating top ramen, so it looks like that's the way that things are going to be looking uh, <laughs> dietary-wise for the next few weeks because it's one of the few big plays I have, Mark. Look, as, as I said at the beginning of the month of March to all of our loyal listeners out there, uh, I am, I'm a man of... Uh, of honor I have, I have a code and my code is that i gamble only in the month of march and it is and, april the third yeah i was gonna say so, and for the first few days of april well, yeah. as long as the, the national championship is still <laughs> relevant i and my gambling habits are still relevant so i threw it all on san diego state if you asked me who was going to win the game before i would have told you uconn but Mark, I mean, who who plays the favorites when you play the ponies? You go for it all, you lose it all, <laughs> and that's just the way you have to live your life. Yeah, hey, I mean, high risk, high reward. That's how you go. That's how you roll. We we can tell. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, it worked for you getting to this point. I mean, I you had yourself a pretty good march altogether, and then you know you put all the winnings together and, and risked it one final time, and it didn't pay out for you. But uh, you had, I mean, you had a you had a maybe a positive record. Uh, but the last game, the last game hurt you big time. TBD on the record, but I do (laughs) like my dogs and the Aztecs were ultimate underdogs. Uh, my mom went to San Diego state. So that was my sort of my, my reasoning behind, you know, all right, why, why do I push my chips all into the front of the table and throw (laughs) it on Aztec red or, or black, I guess in this case, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately did not, did not go my way. Uh, but what is going Brock Purdy's way is good news because for the first time this off season, since he had his surgery, he was able to give a, a public statement at one of the Fox sports, uh, local affiliates in Arizona, of course, where he hails from and essentially saying everything is, is looking good there, Mark. And you know, the protocol, call is that you start throwing at three months and then it all depends on how your therapy and your range of motion everything goes up from that point but uh, everything is going as planned quote unquote according to brock purdy so even though my bets are not going as planned brock purdy's elbow is and that's really all that matters for the 49ers yeah i mean everything that they've done and, and told you this offseason um 
seems to rest with Brock Purdy. So no really major update, but but no no bad news either. Uh, no news is is good news essentially, and and that's the case here for Brock Purdy. Um, I mean, you remember what Kyle Shanahan said last week, and and we've talked about this at the the annual owners meetings. Basically, when asked about Brock Purdy, he said, you know, check back in June. We'll have a better idea then. Um, so this is the first we've heard Brock Purdy really speak publicly about his injury. Uh, he said before he starts throwing, you know, at that three month mark, which we've thrown around a lot. Uh, he said there's still more things he has to check off, more boxes to check off, but that's still the plan. Um, so the good news essentially is we don't have bad news yet. We don't really have good news, just the lack of bad news. And I guess, you know, in a vacuum itself there, that that is good news. So, yeah, I get, we got to check back in. We got, we'll keep monitoring it. We'll, we'll check in every couple of weeks with, you know, Brock Purdy every time there is some sort of update here. Um, but the latest is he seems at least on track. It, it's still so early in the process. It's hard to exactly keep track of it. Um, but it does seem like there's nothing um, majorly wrong in the process just yet. Yeah, look, we'll dig into some other 49ers quarterback-centric news or rumors that were floating around this week, as well as some ownership talk with Jed York, who had some interesting statements this week as well. But this isn't necessarily significant. It's not like you can have a major full-blown takeaway from Brock Purdy saying everything is according, going <laughs> according to plan. But it is, in my opinion, Mark, this is kind of the way I'm looking at uh, Brock Purdy's timeline is, in my mind, I have it set, and it's based on what John Lynch has said. It's based on what Kyle Shanahan has said. And it's based on the actions from last season that we've discussed ad nauseum about how they treated Brock Purdy compared to Trey Lance and now how they appear to be treating potentially Sam Darnold. Brock Purdy, in my mind, is going to be the starting quarterback whenever he is healthy. And so at each point, he affirms that he continues to be on that track. In my mind, that is worth discussing because he is going to be eventually under center and you want that signal caller the same guy who took you to a nearly uh you know nearly the super bowl last year um and so to hear brock purdy at the very least you know come out and speak publicly uh, i think it also shows confidence from his camp because he wouldn't be doing that he wouldn't be speaking publicly if they didn't feel that i agree with you uh, it actually reminds me of a situation with the golden state warriors last year um, and I, I know, you know, you and I both work at 95.7 The Game, obviously. And I know this has been a talking point on a number of different shows. But last year, leading into the postseason, Evan, the show that you work on, Steiny and Guru, were out at Chase Center and Steph Curry came on with the guys. And, and you remember what the situation was at the end of the regular season. Uh, Steph Curry missed, what, the final 15 or 20 games, something like that. Um, but before he returned to the court, did an interview, you know, on the flagship radio station, 95.7 The Game, and didn't confirm that he was going to play game one against the Denver Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. But the takeaway essentially is, okay, the Warriors aren't going to put him out in public and have him do that interview if they don't feel confident in his recovery and that he's at the very least going to be available soon. And so maybe it's, it's, it's not the the exact perfect comparison because, again, Brock Purdy is so early in this process. But it it does seem like, Evan, you're right. The Niners would have put in the, would have put the kibosh on this thing 
if they were worried, if there was some bad sign, the Niners certainly signed off on this appearance. I would imagine Burton didn't spring it on them. They had to find out when they saw the tweets about it. Um, so I'm with you. If there was anything bad, anything that not, that the Niners were trying to hide, uh, they wouldn't have, have let this appearance happen. Yeah, I also think, look, you know, while we're talking about local radio, I did think it was kind of cool that Brock Purdy's first interview, I know that he... Um, along with other 49ers had kind of spoken to, to some bigger names in the off season before, but post-surgery Brock Purdy is talking to his local affiliate in Arizona. I, I believe Phoenix uh, is the Fox sports yeah. radio station that he spoke with, but I did think that was also kind of cool. And I know Brock Purdy is, you know, a guy that um, at least to my knowledge believes that, you know, everything should be done kind of the right way, but he isn't, he doesn't necessarily carry that holier than thou vibe at least from what i've seen so far he's the ultimate underdog still at this point i'm sure in his own mind even though he may not be treated as next year so i thought it was it was just kind of a cool gesture to see him hop on with them as opposed to going to you know jim rome or colin cowherd or or some you know bigger named radio affiliate which he certainly could have done and the 49ers i'm sure could have asked him to do uh but instead he, he decided to kind of throw a bone to the hometown boys and i thought that was pretty neat yeah, I mean, hey, and it's it's uh, some of the, uh, I don't know, maybe the one of the more fun stories that the Phoenix area might have for a while. It's Brock Purdy because the uh, we all know what's going on with the Cardinals right now, and it's not pretty. Well, they, so, they, uh, they do have a basketball team that has championship aspirations, but. That's true, but in, in terms of football. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, they do not have a lack of things to talk about, that's for sure. But Oh, but yeah. yeah, well, but everything with the Cardinals – if there is something to talk about, it generally isn't going too well, especially as it pertains to their own quarterback. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with Kyler Murray out for the next season, probably the entire season with that torn ACL and all the vacancies now in the coaching staff and in the front office with the firing sale they're going through. So uh, they are in a bit of a mess. Uh, the Niners hope that they're not in a mess. And, you know, this, this appearance for Brock Purdy maybe signals that the things are, are going well. So, uh, again, good news for the 49ers. It seems like we still don't know all that much, but the way that the Niners, Evan, are talking about Brock Purdy, and we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, everything that they're saying and everything that they're doing, I think more important, their actions, everything that they're doing suggest Brock Purdy is their guy. You pair that, their confidence in him, what they're openly saying about him, their actions when it comes to Trey Lance, and, and now this appearance, it does seem like things are on the right track. And, you know, again, we've talked about the timeline and, and you could kind of get carried away and say, well, if, if one thing goes wrong, maybe he misses a whole month. Um, but it, it does seem, based on everything the Niners are doing, um, that they're at least relatively confident that Purdy is, is not going to miss that much time. Again, it's really early. It's hard to exactly tell. But kind of the, the, the line I think about is, under promise over deliver. And I, I don't think the Niners would be taking some of the doing some of the things that they have done or that they've said if they weren't confident that it wasn't going to be an extended absence for Purdy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the 415ers promised to deliver two <laughs> episodes in the offseason, three midseason. Of course, right here on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That is Mark Grandy. Follow him on social at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. I'm Evan Giddings. You can follow me on social at egiddings10. Okay, Mark. Well, I guess the other big, I don't want to call it big quarterback news, but the other sort of rumor that was floating around per uh, Mike Florio of uh, Pro Football Focus, or Pro Football Talk, pardon me, was the fact that uh, I believe it was the scouting combine a little earlier in the year that apparently there was some discussion about the 49ers and the Minnesota Vikings having talks about Kirk Cousins, and I don't think it's necessarily a a far-fetched idea because Kyle Shanahan has always seemed to be linked to his former quarterback in Washington. However, I find it difficult to believe that there's any fire behind the smoke, so to speak. But it is something that was brought up this week, and I, I saw some people tweeting about it. So, I mean, look, we we threw some gasoline on the Lamar Jackson thing. I still think Tom Brady still has a chance to maybe come out of retirement. I don't know if it's for the 49ers, but I'll keep that in my back pocket, just like my San Diego State bet. And... <laughs> Apparently, Kirk Cousins was evidently on the 49ers radar. This whole thing is it's getting really tiring because. (laughs) I mean, so what there was the the conversation that the Niners had or didn't have whatever with Ben Roethlisberger last year. There was obviously Tom Brady conversations last year, a couple of years ago and this offseason, it seems like. There's the the stuff that we talked about last week about Lamar Jackson. Now there's this rumor about Kirk Cousins. I mean, just throw any quarterback out there who's at least halfway decent, and it feels like the 49ers. There's some story that, you know, the Niners are interested. There's rumors around the league. Kyle Shanahan is eyeing so-and-so to be his backup, to be his new starter. At a certain point, I'm just – kind of ready to ignore all of it, Evan, until something concrete happens. And I don't think anything concrete happens. I think the Niners quarterback room is set. I'm just going to start ignoring these things from now on because the Niners have been linked to just about every potentially available halfway decent quarterback that has played in the league over the last five years. I'm I'm ready to to just ignore everything from here on out. So the quote from Mike Florio, again, a pro football talk was, quote, apparently at the scouting combine, there was some chatter. There was some noise among people within the broader league structure, not the media, although I don't don't know what broader league structure really references. (laughs) But people in the league were talking about Cousins being traded to the 49ers. That was a hot topic at one point in Indianapolis, quote. So. I think the Vikings restructured Cousins deal to essentially create a situation where this is probably his last year with Minnesota and he's coming up on another um you know free agent deal if if he so chooses and uh someone is willing to give him I think he got entirely guaranteed uh, on his last 3 year deal over 100 million dollars so who knows if that'll happen again but Mark the um the, the quote towards the end of, of this conversation that I thought was maybe the most telling and more interesting quote was the fact that, you know, they were discussing this was all within the conversation of Trey Lance needing a new start. And I also wonder maybe at the time if, you know, if Florio and the rest of, uh, um, you know, uh, the, the younger Sims 
was potentially thinking that Brock Purdy might not be ready for the beginning of the season and Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers are in win now mode. And so Kirk Cousins and a trade might make sense because he's coming off the books next year and he'd be able to give Kyle what he wants. I, I'm not sure how they're sort of connecting these dots, but what is becoming increasingly clear to me is that there is conversation around the league, and I'm sure in San Francisco surrounding Trey Lance and just that needing a new start. Because as we've talked about throughout the recent episodes, there is not much confidence, at least aesthetically, coming out of San Francisco for their former first round pick. And so if everyone is kind of looking and checking in on Trey Lance, who you know just wants to see what plausibly might be on the table, uh, maybe Minnesota has an idea of, well, you know, last year was pretty damn good. Um, Kirk Cousins is, you know, probably not going to be in our pay range next year. Maybe there's something we could potentially work out with, with Trey Lance. I mean, that's the only place that my mind goes. But at the end of the day, not just for the 49ers, but for the for the Vikings, like you just won 13 games last year. You were, a, you know, a, a, a top three team in the NFC. Why would you move off your quarterback this offseason? Well, the answer is because they know last year was a fluke, Evan. That's that's the answer. I mean, it's 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 very obvious. But I mean, no, I just want to rewind to a, a couple of months ago and someone brought this up. So there was the, the Niners end of season press conference where Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took the podium after the NFC championship game loss, after Brock Purdy's injury, after Jimmy Garoppolo didn't suit up all of that before the Super Bowl, but after the NFC championship game. Um and I tweeted out a, a Kyle Shanahan quote and, and someone must have been name searching Trey Lance or, or whatever and, and retweeted it. And it, it brought it back up into my timeline. And the quote from Kyle Shanahan was, we have two starters on our team that we can win with. So we're not that eager to go looking around. I know we've referenced that quote since then, but I don't think we've actually said it in a, in a while word for word what the actual quote was. And um, that quote was before they acquired Sam Darnold. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so before Sam Darnold, then again, we, we talked about there's there's kind of a line where if it's a quarterback above that line, a, a better performer above that line, then it tells you what they think about Trey Lance. Uh, that seems just like a bald faced lie at this point now, Evan, that that line from Kyle Shanahan. We have two starters on our team that we can win with. So we're not that eager to go looking around again. Maybe all these rumors that I just referenced, you know, Kirk Cousins, Ben Roethlisberger last year. I know that one doesn't really apply to this conversation. Tom Brady, all the other rumors, Lamar Jackson, all of that. Maybe not all of them are legitimate, uh, but you add in Sam Darnold, you add in, there's got to be some shred of truth to these rumors. Um the Niners clearly do not believe in Trey Lance, despite the fact that Kyle Shanahan straight up said he's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. Um, and maybe you're right. Maybe that's where these rumors are coming from. It's not necessarily the 49ers interest in quarterback X from, you know, whatever team. But the reason is other teams are picking up on the fact that the Niners are not happy with Trey Lance. And they're trying to take advantage of a situation where a young, unproven quarterback who still could be good, you really don't know, might be going for relatively cheap. And they're calling in and saying, hey, you could have our veteran quarterback if you want. Maybe that's where these rumors are coming from, as opposed to the 49ers 
initiating them. So maybe there's a bit of leeway there for the 49ers to say, hey, it's not us starting these conversations, but still everything else that they have done recently makes it seem like they're not that confident in Trey Lance. Yeah, and and look, I do give the 49ers credit for clearly in season not allowing the the rumors or the interest in Ben Roethlisberger or Philip Rivers calling the mm. 49ers to leak and you obviously don't want that happening during the middle of your season, but the timing is interesting Mark because all of this has surrounded not uh, one your starting quarterback going down with an elbow injury even though he appears to be on track and has said so. And Two, with you acquiring a new quarterback in Sam Darnold. So when you factor in the chatter about Rivers, Roethlisberger, Lamar, and now Kirk Cousins, like no matter how relevant or or real a possibility these all are or were, it does point to you having clear discussion in your own building about what to do at quarterback, and, and you don't feel necessarily confident, maybe not in Brock, uh, but clearly in the rest of those guys to – have, have an established hierarchy because if not, I do think a, these rumors would not be swirling around uh, what, what, did, what did Florio call it? Broader league circles <laughs> or two, there would be some sort of public um, damnation of all of these rumors of like, like Kyle Shanahan kind of described, look, we got two starting quarterbacks and I feel like that would make, that would be the maintained sentiment throughout this off season. Whereas we haven't necessarily heard him rebuke that, but I don't think we have heard that affirmed. And maybe he decides he doesn't need to, and that's just not his place, and that's not what he's going to do. But the mixed signals between he, along with John Lynch, through first the end-of-season press conference, then the scouting combine, then the NFL owners' meetings, to me does point to some sort of internal strife going on as it pertains to anyone below Brock Purdy, and then, of course, until Brock Purdy is actually healthy and ready to go, potentially that starting quarterback spot. I think he might be onto something there because, you know, in the past, and I know I remember talking about this a little bit after the Jimmy G lip reading gate. If you remember after week three, remember it well, <laughs> week three, that the terrible well, loss in sucked, Denver. Man. Yeah. Where, where the question was, what did Jimmy say? And the, the consensus on Twitter was Jimmy said, your plays, you know, suck, man. There might've been an expletive mixed in there. I don't exactly remember. Um, and Kyle Shanahan was asked about it, I think, the next day on his media conference call and basically was like, I don't care. Like, I don't he might have said it might have not whatever. Like, I don't care. I'm, I have I spend zero time thinking about that sort of thing. So there's there's a part of me, Evan, where Kyle Shanahan hears these rumors. Niners are interested in in uh, Kirk Cousins. Oh, wow. They're going to want to try to get Tom Brady out of retirement. There's a part of me who or who thinks, okay, Kyle Shanahan hears that. It's patently false. The Niners have never been in contact with either of those guys, and it's it's 100% a lie. Don't know where the reporter came up with it. But does Kyle Shanahan care enough to even come out and say anything? There's a, a relatively big part of me that thinks, no, he doesn't care enough. Like, Everything that he has said about that sort of rumor in the past makes you believe it's not worth his time. But there's another part, Evan, where let's pretend for a moment that Kyle Shanahan still has all the belief in the world in Trey Lance. He's convinced he can be a really good player. Maybe he's not convinced that he's better than Brock Purdy and he still wants Brock Purdy to start. 
but he's still confident in, in Trey Lance. He actually believes the quote that I just brought up a little bit ago. We have two starters on our team that we can win with, so we're not going to go looking around. Maybe that's 100% true. And if you feel that way, Evan, do you have a bit of an obligation to try to put an end to some of these rumors and all the speculation that is floating around? So I'm, I'm kind of being pulled in two different directions here because I can see Kyle Shanahan just saying, these rumors are stupid. I don't even need to address them. But he probably would feel the need to maybe at least address something if he still was entirely confident in Trey Lance and felt like he had a responsibility to protect him a bit. If he isn't that confident in him, maybe he, he doesn't have that big of an issue with just writing it off and not addressing anything at all. Yeah, I think, well, and to go back to that press conference or phone call in which he kind of tried to deflate the Jimmy G lip reading yeah. stuff or said, I think he said he wasn't aware of it. Like I, you know, I don't spend my time on social media and yeah. my guy maybe, or maybe not have told me right before it, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure to take people behind the scenes in, in radio, uh, there, there's a drop from that conference call and a drop is where two hosts are speaking like we are now. And then a producer <laughs> can drop this piece of audio in to give added effect. And I'm pretty sure that is where I clip the, huh? Like Kyle Shanahan just <laughs> immediately hearing that question and going, huh, like just so dismissive. And uh, to be honest, it, it's it's kind of a, a niche one, but it's one of my favorite drops. So I just had to, I had to sneak that in. But I, I do think you're right, Mark. Like the, the amount of non-dismissal, I guess, it is, it's not alarming, but it, it's just something that kind of raises your you know awareness about these things. I do think Kyle Shanahan would say, hey, look, it, it does me no good to come out and yeah. completely deflate these um, because number one, I, I like, I don't have to, and anything I say is going to be used against me in the court of media law. But I also think that he is maybe not also trying to give any of his own quarterbacks a, a leg up on the other or any sort of added um, verbal ammunition to like or dislike their current standing within the quarterback room, because who knows right now? I mean, Trey Lance is probably pissed about where he's at, I mean, he wouldn't say that because he's a professional, but I don't know. Maybe that's, you know, he wants to give Sam Darnold a reason to believe that he can go out and win the starting job. And he wants Brock Purdy to believe that the job is still perfectly his and just waiting for him. And who knows what Kyle Shan is going to do? I don't think he knows at this point in the offseason because a lot has to play out. But I think there's some of that in there, too. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, it's it's probably somewhere in the middle is, is where the truth lies. And it's it, does seem like it's it's always that way it's not one extreme where kyle shanahan hates trey lance but it's it's also not the other extreme where where he's just never gonna address any any single rumor it's, it's probably somewhere in the middle but i don't know i mean it it does seem like we with every passing day every little piece of information that comes out every statement from john lynch or kyle shanahan it does seem like the niners are drifting further and further away from the idea that trey lance is part of the future of the 49ers it that that seems relatively straightforward to me maybe i'm and, and a lot of people are totally missing something that that changes the calculus on that but it, it does seem like we're getting further along that track with every passing day. Every passing day.
every passing episode, you should download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers <laughs> podcast because that is Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. We come at you twice a week here in the offseason on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. And uh, one thing I, I want to talk about now, Mark, is the fact that, well, we don't really get a whole lot of ownership news generally, especially in the offseason, unless it's kind of around the draft. Um We've heard from John Lynch, from Kyle Shanahan, but this has kind of been the first time uh, in recent memory that we've heard from Jed York here in the offseason, who was, um, you know, speaking at the NFL annual meeting, you know, was doing his kind of press tour, so to speak, and was asked specifically about, um, I mean, I, I think the con- or the question was about how they got Hargrave in the first place. And essentially Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch went to Jed York and was like, Hey, you know, we have a chance to get, um, make a splash in free agency. We, we need some more money. And Jed York said, I'm, you know, I'm willing to pay. Now this isn't something that I believe he said that the 49ers can continue to do, but if you're in win now mode, which the 49ers are, he doesn't mind taking that to, you know, the rest of his financial confidence and trying to figure out how they can work this money to add a quote unquote game changer. That is who he wanted. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said, Hey, there's this, you know, 305 pound 30 year old lineman from Philadelphia. Who's one of the best at his position in the league, arguably a top five member of this free agency class. We can get him. And so Jed York said, all right, like I'm willing to spend, um, and then through this conversation, the quote that kind of came out from that was essentially, you know, I, I'm willing to spend whatever it takes to win. If that means spending a million dollars on you know, player travel or making sure that they have an ability to get better rest and recover more, and it costs, the, the figure was a million dollars for a game. He is willing to spend that mark. And so I, I thought that was kind of interesting, especially in a time where we're sort of hearing owners Maybe, maybe not wanting a certain quarterback named Lamar Jackson to get a fully guaranteed deal because they're trying to look after their coffers and they don't want to set a precedent about spending a lot of money in the future. It was kind of nice to hear an owner and the one being in San Francisco talk about money not necessarily being the end all be all when it comes to winning football games. Yeah, I think uh, with this conversation, he was talking about, uh, I, you know, it seems to me. Like when they have multiple games out east and they stay out east, they don't travel back. You know, the the decision is, you know, from the performance staff, from the training staff, Kyle Shanahan, everyone is, hey, it would be better for our players to stay out east, not travel back through multiple time zones, only to travel back out east for the following week. So then, you know, you know, the front office goes up to Jed York and say, hey, are you willing to put us up wherever for, for an extra week? It's a lot of money to house an entire football team, all of the players, all of the coaches, all of the performance staff, all of the, like that is a ton of people. And of course, I mean, it's a professional football team. You're not going to stay at a motel six in the middle of nowhere. Like you're staying at an expensive place. So it gets pricey quick. Remember last year, early in the season between the games against Carolina and Atlanta. They stayed at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. That's a very famous, and I don't know what the prices are, but I'm sure very expensive, almost resort out there in in West Virginia. And the Niners have done that multiple times in the last few years. That might cost you a million bucks. Um, They say that, you know, Youngstown, Ohio, which I'm sure isn't nearly as expensive as the Greenbrier, but that's the 
you know, York's hometown in, in Ohio. And they've done that multiple times on long trips out east. So I think that's where this conversation came from. Um, and it's it, it kind of interesting because it eventually morphed into, well, how much would you be willing to spend every game if it guaranteed you a win? Um, and, and he said, what, I, I'd be happy to spend a million bucks a win if, if that's what it came to. Um, but yeah, th- I'm with you. This is an interesting conversation because you don't really get um, the, the direct, you know, like money to win conversation. Obviously, there's generally you would think a correlation when it comes to you know, players' contracts and their talent level and how that translates to on the field. Generally, you spore, you, you spend more money, you're probably going to win more games and have a better product out there. But um, it, it does seem like Jed York has had quite a, um, I don't know, character turnaround over the last handful of years. He does seem to be on the on the track of improving his standing within his own fan base. Yeah, and I want to bounce off of that because I think there's two points from there that I, I think are should be highlighted. And that's number one, you know, when Jed York became involved in this organization, you know, in his late twenties, early thirties, he's still a young man. He's still growing. And um, honestly, the first few years then afterwards in which he took over as, you know, CEO wasn't necessarily well liked by the fan base because of his actions, because of, you know, maybe some, some misunderstandings um, and all of the, blowback that he got felt understandable from a from a fan perspective now it does appear that you know he's not just doing it because he wants to gain favor with his players and his fans although that is important um it does feel like he has a legitimate understanding of okay here is where i need to get aggressive here's where we need to spend money and here's where we also need to be fiscally responsible and he's in his early forties. I think just through experience, he's gained a better understanding of that. And to me, it, like you said, it does signal a bit of a character change for, for York. And I think it's also a reason why the team has been relatively successful in the last, you know, six years. So that's one part. The second part concerning Jed, I, I think is look, it does also play into, as we talked about the end of season uh, player grades that mm. were taken from the NFL, from all players. And the 49ers scored very well in the majority of those categories. There were a lot of A's when it comes to travel arrangements, when it comes to helping out players' families, when it comes to um, you know accommodations. And I think that that now, as we're hearing Jed York talk about his willingness to spend in those specific areas – you know, kind of and and add, um, you know, like an, an affirmation of that. And, and I don't think that's a coincidence between seeing those grades in which the 49ers players gave great praise to their own staff. And I think everything except for maybe the training room was an A uh, to where Jed York now is talking about being, being willing to spend a million dollars on travel and making sure his players are getting right. I don't think those two things are a coincidence. Well, as I was continuing to, to think about this, I think you're, you're spot on there. Um, the other example of Jed York and the 49ers being willing to dish out more cash to maybe help his team get ready for a game was the Monday night game in Mexico City. Remember the Niners traveled to, what, Colorado Springs? Yep. To, yeah, to, the, prepare, for the yeah, to prepare for the altitude. Um, and obviously it was kind of a terrible experience for the 49ers because it was just bone chillingly cold and they didn't really get to practice outside all that much. So maybe it wasn't the best investment, 
Although it ended up working out because the I Niners was gonna say, dominated. Yeah, maybe their best performance, <laughs> top <laughs> to bottom of the season. <laughs> um, but then, you know, it, you get to the comparison game. Remember what the Cardinals did leading up to that game? They practiced in Arizona. They did not go anywhere. They stayed in their home practice facility. I'm not saying that that was the difference in a win or a loss. The Niners are probably winning that game regardless, especially looking at it afterwards, given how much they dominated. Um, but, I mean, there are owners throughout the league, and I'm, I'm not trying to disparage the Cardinals. I'm, I'm not naming any specific names. But there are owners throughout the league, Evan, who probably were faced with the decision that the Niners and the Cardinals had and at least a handful of them would be not willing to say, yeah, we'll move a whole team out to Colorado Springs for five days in preparation for this game to get ready. They would just not be willing to bear that expense. Um, and at the very least, I guess you have to credit Jed York for doing that. And you understand why. I mean, he's trying to protect his investment. He's the owner of this team. And while it can get pretty expensive pretty quick, he obviously can afford it. Uh, and number two, the the better your team does, the the better your investment in, in the team becomes. Um, and if you feel like it's going to give your team a competitive advantage, why not do it? So um, I guess a long way of saying, I think Jed York does deserve a little bit of credit for seemingly being willy, willing to uh, you know put up a a decent amount of cash to, to maybe give his team a, some kind of advantage on a number of games throughout a year. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if it turns into W's to, you know, spoils, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm butchering this, but <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying, Mark? Um, everyone, everyone that is in charge of a certain operation that succeeds gets the credit. And right mm -hmm. now, Jed York has been at the helm and has been the CEO for a team that has made the NFC title game or further three of the last four years. So yeah, and I think he gets I, to take a victory lap. You're right. He does. And I mean, remember what, what year was it like 2015 when they split up with, with Harbaugh? I mean, he was like the public face of that fiasco. Like the conclusion was Jed York just didn't get along with Jim Harbaugh. There was obviously pushback both ways. And Jed York said, all right, fine, get, get away from my team. You're not the head coach anymore. And he, and then of course what followed, I mean, Chip Kelly and Jim Tom Sula and just mm -hmm. terrible teams for a number of years, he had to deal with being the face for the reason why the Niners had such a quick fall from grace. And he was like public enemy number one among the fan base. I mean, I remember, I don't remember exactly what season it was, um, but there were what, like, Someone, some fan paid a, a a a plane to fly around with a banner, like get Jed York, get the Yorks out of the 49ers. Like that was an actual thing that happened. Um, so the fact that we're getting to a point where we can have these kinds of conversations about Jed York, um, I don't know, leading the franchise in a positive way, it, it just does signal how far um, that he has come and the lessons I think that he's learned over the years. Yeah, and apologies for my George Bush moment. To the winner goes the spoils. That's that's <laughs> the old adage. Good Lord. And on that note, that will wrap things up for this episode of the 415ers podcast. That's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. Please download, rate, subscribe. Five stars are appreciated. Wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all the rest. We appreciate you tuning in. And uh, we'll be back with a Thursday episode. So we appreciate you, and we'll talk to you next time.